0: This is the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt, brought to you by T.P. Howard's Plumbing.
1: All right, welcome to the Fullport Podcast. This is Nathan this week. Josh is uh, out on vacation, and uh, this week we have uh, Abigail Wyatt, my wife, uh, here with us today. Um, She's uh, one of the owners of Wonder Floral Design here in Asheville, Fairview area. Um, So, Abby, do you brush your teeth? (laughs) Yes, I do. How many times a day? Twice a day. Okay. Morning and evening? Yes. Okay.
0: But the question is, mm-hmm. do you brush your teeth before you drink coffee or after?
1: After you drink coffee. Because you don't want...
0: So I probably mess it up because I don't have time to after. <laughs>
1: well, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> that's A-okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, tell us about where you grew up.
0: Kay. Okay. Um. I grew up in right down the mountain in Greenville, South Carolina. Um in just a little neighborhood, kind of a suburban life down there. What else do you want to know?
1: So how did you end up well so how <laughs> did you end up in Asheville?
0: Well, my dad um owned a whitewater rafting company. So he was a teacher during the school year and in the summers he owned um a whitewater rafting company on the Nanahala River. And he would drive up um, every, like, Sunday evening, come back on, like, Saturday night um, of most of my summers growing up. I, um, when I got old enough, um, I started to guide rafts for him. Um, did that in high school and then through college. Um, and, and then kind of through that, like, I just, uh, I was a kayaker because we all kind of grew up on the water. Um, And so I grew up in that world, um, and you had to come to the mountains to do it. So one time I was hiking into a kayaking race on the Green River um, to watch. It's a big race that happens um, on this big creek in the area up here. And uh, there was a girl hiking down um, with a bunch of girls, middle school-aged girls, and um I had just graduated college with a teaching degree and uh I I kind of was helping her, these girls were struggling, it was kind of a hard trail, and we started talking and she told me that they were looking for a teacher at our school. Um and so I applied, got the job, moved up here, and got this roommate
1: mm-hmm.
0: named Nate Wyatt.
1: That's right. <laughs> We've talked about this before when it was me and Josh. Yeah. But you moved up here. Where'd you go to school at?
0: I went to Clemson. Um, yeah. Go dog. I mean, go Tigers, not go ta- dogs.
1: Good. Yeah. Your dad went to Georgia. My
0: dad went to Georgia. It just comes out.
1: <laughs> so when you were at Clemson, talk about whitewater rafting, kayaking. What river, what river did you guys kayak all the time from when you were in Clemson?
0: At Clemson. I grew up on the Chattooga River because right. it was about forty minutes away from Clemson,
1: and we still go there quite a bit. Yeah, We still hanging out there. We have friends twenty, that have 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> um. So moved up to Asheville. Did some teaching. What? So you did, but you took kind of a different route. You didn't just go into public school. You did boarding schools.
0: Yeah. So the girl that I had met that day, that was hiking down with those middle school girls, I guess I didn't say this part, but um, it was a boarding school and it was a therapeutic boarding school for girls, middle to high school age. I was just an elementary education major for, at Clemson. I always thought I would just teach at like a public elementary school, but somehow when I got this job, I just got thrown into the world of therapeutic boarding schools. Girls, then I went to a school for kids with Asperger's um, that, that's on the autism spectrum. And then I did one with um, all boys and then went back to girls and ended it um, a private Christian school.
1: Right. So a lot of these, uh, the uh, private boarding schools that you're at, you had some uh, interesting, interesting students <laughs> and some fun stories. I mean, you know, kids are kids, but these some these kids sometimes have, went a little above and beyond. Do you have any like Funny stories yeah. you can tell us.
0: And um, I should have my best friend and business partner here to tell this story with me because she was there when this happened. So um, my current business partner I actually met when we worked at the school. It was a, a boys b- boarding school. I taught the whole middle school in like a one room schoolhouse. And um, it got to the point where the school was kind of accepting kids that we felt were kind of beyond therapeutic boarding school material, like troubled, really troubled kids. Um, And we had one kid that was admitted. um, And pretty quickly we saw signs that uh, he was not a good fit. So one, it was, and it was on a camp. There was a lake like in the center of the campus. And after school, the kids would kind of mill around the lake and we overheard him, Emily, my business partner and I, um, we overheard him uh just yelling expletives like over and over, like really dirty ones. <laughs> and so yeah. uh the one like kind of card that we had in our pocket was that uh he like anytime a kid would be you know doing something wild we could say, I can't believe that you would say those things in front of a female. And um, I guess this kid didn't like that and hurled back some expletives at us. And we marched ourselves down to the administrative office and told them, this kid is not a good fit here. And a week later, same kid climbed up on top of the shower house. It was this flat roofed, short building and stripped down naked <laughs> Took a poo in his hands, and started throwing it at staff. And we just looked at them and said, "Told you."
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's uh, extreme for them to be up there throwing throwing poo at at the staff. But that was some of the kids you got to deal with.
0: Yeah, and that's just a tame story. That's a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's told that, not to tell the other ones. Yes,
1: that's an appropriate <laughs> story. So teaching, you did you taught for what ten, twelve years? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. So. Yeah. But even when you were teaching, you just moved to the floral side, so you did a c you kind of dabbled in the wedding business. We have a sister in law that's in the wedding business in Greenville. She's a photographer um so your first dabble you you did a little, you our wedding you did a lot of it yourself. you did a lot I did of the,
0: not do the flowers though you didn't do
1: the flowers <laughs> but you did a lot of stuff yourself, yeah, and then you made a couple of wedding cakes
0: and that was a nightmare when you live <laughs> in the mountains.
1: Right, I mean, <laughs> I remember a couple of them you had, you made them, and they just they didn't survive. They they survived the car ride, but barely.
0: Yeah, and the heat was not. Yeah, that was not my jam.
1: Yeah, way too much. So then you got decided that you wanted to start doing flowers. Uh huh. Um, for you know the for, the first iteration of wonderful design was actually called forage floral, right? Yeah. And one of the unique things that you wanted to do, wanted to bring to the table for uh, weddings was foraging looking for stuff that's in nature not just buying flowers that you see you know at a wholesaler in a flower shop so right what inspired you to want to do that
0: um well i don't like store-bought looking flowers for one um but also so um we actually live in nate your great grandfather's house right um and uh I guess I kind of started because uh, your great grandmother had, uh, like, I think back in what was it, like the 50s? Like, had gone to like flea markets in the area and bought these like exotic plants that were in our yard, um, things that you just wouldn't see anywhere else. And so I started cutting those. I've always loved like home design um, and keeping like fresh flowers, I guess, in our house. And I started that way. Um, and I just always think that it, like, whatever I'm doing looks better when I have some pieces in there that are unique. So we've yeah. cut down trees in your parents' yard, like tree branches, <laughs> trim neighbors, yeah. stuff
1: for them. And
0: I call it pruning for Jesus.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but you started this because you were a teacher, and every teacher needs a side hustle. Yep. To make extra money on the weekends during the summertime. Right. Um, so you did forage. And then now you've morphed into Wonder Floral Design. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are, have grown quite a bit. You brought Emily on. Right. Um, as far as like the business goes, what – I know we've talked about the foraging part. What makes it unique? Like what, what do you think you guys do differently than some of the other florists in town?
0: Um, I guess – thanks for the hard question, Nate. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that really what does make us different Um, is a lot of times you're gonna find florists who um just try to quickly like get together uh, you know, whatever bouquet they're making. They're not using anything real special, kind of your standard things that you could find, you know, kind of anywhere. Um and one thing that we do other than, you know, foraging and you'll see us any given day like cutting down um branches and sticking them in or Um, you know, whatever, you, we also use a lot of um, flower farmers in the area. Um, And that's really important to us. Um, If you know anything about flowers, and you've been in Asheville, you know that flower farms are everywhere. Um, And we've made some really good connections with flower farmers um, over the past few years who provide us just gorgeous product that you couldn't get through a wholesaler, um, or at a, you know, any kind of like floral store or anything. Um, and so I think using that, I think also we just love the creativity. We don't do a lot of really small things. I would say that like our, our business, we really try to take on full service, Weddings where we were working with a planner and we're working with the broad to come up with a really unique vision to each wedding that we do. Um, and we love like the big installations. Um, I shouldn't say we, Emily loves doing like the tables and the <laughs> tablescapes and things like that. And I would say that I love doing like the big arches or arbors or right. something that like we haven't even seen before that we have to figure out.
1: Yeah. Doing doing b- bigger bigger stuff and you've helped with that. I've helped with that. Yes, <laughs> I've put in some good time helping yeah, out with that you stuff. Have. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it's it's fun. It's all it's all in the family. I know. Um, as far as you know, uh, with flowers and your sourcing, and you also use. I mean, you use some pretty unique vendors. Like, I mean, part something I didn't know about the flower industry or wedding industry. You use a vendor in California that you call and schedule a rose delivery. It's overnighted right. on a plane to you and you have it for the the wedding.
0: Right. And like, as I said like so saying that like we do use as many flower farm things locally as we can, but there are just certain things that you can't get in the same amount that you can get from California. So yes. yes. um you know while some of our flower far- farmers are growing like garden roses, we just they can't sometimes get us the numbers or right. varieties that we can get out of California. Right. So yeah, we'll call them or we'll, you know, Go on their website and schedule it a couple weeks out, and yep. they arrive like they overnight it the night before, um, you know, the day of your delivery, and it just comes in a FedEx box. You soak the roses, and you're good to go. <laughs>
1: you're ready to go. Yeah. Um. So, wedding business is obviously Nashville's a huge business. There's uh-huh. lots of lots of you know floral designers. There's planners. Everything. What what weddings do you like doing the most? I don't like full service, but what elements do you enjoy the most besides just the big installations?
0: What? Well, I mean, do you mean like once I'm at the wedding or like working with the bride? Like what do I enjoy? Working with like the like bride. Like the whole thing? Yeah. Um. Well, we've had almost all of our brides have been lovely to work with, but every once in a while you'll get two different kinds. You'll get someone who has – um sends you like a Pinterest board or inspiration images and they're kind of all over the place. And that's kind of a nightmare to work with. And they don't really know what they want and you're trying to figure it out. The best is when we have a bride who gives us kind of like a couple pictures, tells us what, you know, what pieces, um, you know, she wants in the wedding and then kind of gives us free reign. Like doesn't control the whole thing. And I would say like, Know that a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast maybe are not brides. But if you are, <laughs> like you're going to get like the, if you will let your florist have some creative reign right. and you will trust them, I think that you'll get the best work. Right. And that's my favorite part of it is like pulling it all together, doing the vision. Yes. Yeah.
1: And something I just thought about, when you're just talking about the art part of it. So when Abby was at Clemson, she was the only non-art major in her group of girlfriends.
0: Art girls, art Clemson Girl. University. That's right.
1: So she probably picked up on some artistic inspiration from them. Right. Her... My, I
0: mean, I feel like both of my grandmothers were painters. Yes. Um, I am definitely not a painter. Yeah. Um, My brother and my dad... Sketched a lot, and yeah. I always wanted to like. I always felt this like creative drive inside of me, but I I didn't kind of know where to put it. Yeah, and I always felt successful doing flowers like that. Right. Always just came naturally to me. Right, definitely did not think I'd be doing this
1: <laughs> <Did> now. <laughs> like well, as a job. but that but that changed. That changed when you had, when we yeah. had our when we had our son. You decided that you wanted to be home and have right. the flexibility to be able to do stuff, which is right fully understandable. So I you know, you and I obviously being married, we went through that this together, but I didn't tell you about this question, but COVID. Yeah. And all the COVID stuff. So I mean, I know here at T P Howard, you know, we felt some effects. It wasn't to the effect that you felt because things were canceled. What what did you maybe learn from all of that? Like how did you learn to pivot and maneuver and do things, even though your business was essentially being told it was not essential and shut down.
0: Like- right. Um, yeah, like we actually were hit like events were like the big no-no during yes. Covid. Yes. so like our I feel like how many ca- I don't even remember how many weddings were canceled, rescheduled, sized down, um, and we definitely lost a lot. But one, I mean, I think we learned a couple of things. I think that one of them was like, okay. What can we do that we can do during COVID? Right. So we started running deliveries, which was not part of our... Like, we're not like a retail store florist. You did
1: some subscription stuff.
0: We did subscriptions. We worked with a, um all-women's, like, uh, owned, like, coffee company. Mm-hmm. And we did subscriptions with that. Um, and we would we would really push hard like deliveries and actually Fairview like is a special little place. Cause I think we might be one of the only like florists. If you type florist yeah. Fairview, North Carolina. Um, right. And yeah, so we pushed things that we wouldn't normally do. Yeah. I tried to go and like help with like other, other florists yes. workshops and freelance yep. a little bit, which is definitely not my jam. I like control too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then also the other thing that we learned, you know, when you're, uh, when you do something creative and if I'm talking too much, just cut me off, but like when you do something creative, you often for a good long while in my career of doing flowers, I felt imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I'm not good enough to be doing this. Like I'm not trained. I didn't, you know. Right. I think it looks good, but it's probably trash to other people. Um, and I, I know you remember this like the fear of charging what yeah. I deserved to make on it. Because right. flowers are expensive.
1: And since COVID, they've, and they, like and everything, they've quadrupled. Just like
0: everything, the supply has been an issue. And I mean, there, there are some flowers now um, that are like nine fifty a stem.
1: Yeah, for a single flower. For
0: a single flower. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that COVID and like all this whole mess of COVID with not just like losing weddings, but then also like having to build it back up. Yeah. With like the price of flowers going way yep. up and of supplies well, has made us learn to charge what we're worth.
1: Right, and you had—I mean, you had some weddings rescheduled, and you had to have some tough conversations with brides and cl- to say, "Hey." now flowers are this much in 2021 versus when you booked me in 2019 because most people book you a year ahead of time.
0: Right. And there were things we learned like that we didn't have in a contract for things like COVID where we had just had to eat it sometimes. Yeah, you did.
1: Um, But that's what you do to keep your, keep people happy though. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. I didn't prep you for that one, but I like this. Good. (laughs) Um, so this is the one we always. this is kind of the one we always, we always end with. Okay. What motivates you? Like what makes you want to be creative? What makes you, I mean, we've touched on a bunch of that throughout this, but what would you say is your drive um, there?
0: I hope y'all aren't going to kill me for saying this, no. but like, I believe in God, like I believe in creation and I just, I feel like what I'd get to do every day with flowers, mm-hmm. um, is work with the beauty that, that God has created. And that really does drive me, yeah. um, yeah. That truly does. Like, um, I just, you know, sometimes it's easy to look at what I'm doing and feel like it doesn't make much of a difference. But it really does. It ma- like when I see people's faces when we bring out what we've worked so hard on, and I, you know, tears come <laughs> down their eyes, or right. or it just lights up their day. You know, when we deliver them, I just think that's a beautiful thing, and it drives me. Also, my husband <laughs> and my child. <laughs> You're always get, you always gotta right get gotta get us in there.
1: Right answer. That's the right answer. Well, thank you for coming on today and talking with us.
0: You're welcome. Husband.
1: All right. That's it for today's podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search T.P. Howard Plumbing. Make sure to click the follow button on the podcast and give it a five-star rating if you like what you hear.